You're listening to the FUVFC Podcast on WFUVSports.org. December 6th, 2017, FUVFC. We're talking soccer in the Bronx. I'm John Furlong. Chris, I almost called you Christian wow. Hoban. Rich, I said Christian's we, phrase. I will, I will say one thing. Me and Christian do sound alike. Over. Similar. We do. You don't sound that alike, but if you if you if you listen to the pod, sometimes it's like who's speaking right now, and and I I've come across that problem as like, did I say that or did Christian say that? And I'm not really sure I see that much of a similarity between I you do. guys, but I I clearly I do because I just called you Christian Hoban. Rich Franco is one with me today. Just a little one on one, two person two person team here today. Rich unfortunately won't be with us second semester of this year. He's traveling abroad to London. Uh, hopefully we can get him over Skype at some point this year. Get him. Uh, hopefully we can get him to to a game in London. Our, hopefully our a Chelsea on game. The touch. Hopefully our a, on the touch. Exactly. I'll be I'll be in Kensington, North London. So ooh, interesting. Is that where the I didn't know that's where the Fordham it's, program is. It's in West Kensington, so it's it's very close to Stamford Bridge. Actually. Okay, so maybe I'll. Uh, well, Stamford Bridge is in Southwest London. Is that where that is? Um, it, it honestly I have no idea. Okay, but I think so it, it's close. I know it's close to the Stamford Bridge. Okay, so then it's got to be in Southwest. That, then. It's, it, it's closest to. I, I don't know my geography. But anyway, Rich Franco, not great with geography, but he's great with soccer and he's great with business. That's why he's going over there for a little abroad trip for our business program here at Fordham. We'll jump right into it today. We're going to start with Fordham, believe it or not. We're going to talk about Fordham soccer and their Cinderella run to the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament. Unfortunately, what a run. midnight for Cinderella was on Saturday as they fell 2-1 to West Virginia, North Carolina. One of the ACCs. One of the ACCs, yeah. The uh, Their third ACC team that they faced in the NCAA tournament. Right. It was the third one that got them. And, and North Carolina moves on to Philadelphia to face Indiana in the College Cup in Fordham. Unfortunately, their season comes to a close. But what an incredible season for these guys. They beat San Francis, Brooklyn, Virginia, and Duke. Three really, really good teams, especially with Virginia and Duke. I mean, those games, they went on the road to beat those guys. They're, this is Fordham's first at-large NCAA tournament bid, and, and they I made think, the most of it. I think this was the first time that they ever won an NCAA tournament game. Mm-hmm. So they they took it and they ran. It, it was an absolutely incredible run to watch. I was fully invested in every game. My heart was pounding. Uh, I'm so sad it's over. It's, I am I am too. It was so fun watching them. God, that Duke penalty shootout was so much fun. It was electric. Oh, I, it was so much I, fun. I, I was FaceTiming my buddy who goes to Providence. I was just like, we were watching it right there. Oh, it's... I, I was getting everybody in. Uh, and I tell you what was the most surprising thing: the Luba brothers were the only ones to miss penalties I, in that shootout. I noticed that. Not only are they the best players, but they're German, and Germans are so notorious <laughs> for being good at penalties. I found that just so weird. That takes me back to the Lucas Podolski penalty in uh, when they missed the, when he missed in the twenty ten World in Cup. In the World Cup, that and was then, the first penalty then, a German but missed. Then, but then they blamed. Well, technically, he's actually Polish. Oh so my God, so he's not really so he's a German. Not. I don't know if they are. If you qualify them as really Germans, I would assume you do. I don't know if it's like a dual citizenship kind of thing, like it is with Podolski. But who cares? Regardless, they're German. They're, they're German, and they missed a two. Both of them missed in the shootout, which was incredible. For reasons I just stated, here's here's a post game interview. Our own Jackson Heil was there, and he got an interview with the coach after that two one loss. All right, coach. Obviously, a tough loss and a tough way to go out. But do you feel disappointment after a loss like that, or is it you feel proud after such an incredible run like that? What's the feeling like right now? I think the initial is disappointment because 
you know, it was a tight game. One point, uh, it was 1-1 one, one, one in the second half. So, uh, you know, we have as good a chance as them to win the game. So I think we're disappointed. You know, that's the first thing. But, uh, you know, in a couple minutes, we'll be able to take a step back and appreciate what all the seniors did for us here and the whole entire 2017 group, um, you know, putting ourselves in a position to, to advance in this tournament. Had a lot of people come down and support us. Uh, just uh, really happy with the way these guys conducted themselves. And, um you know, just disappointed for our guys that we're not going to be able to play another game. You guys come back once again in this tournament seems to be the theme of this season, resiliency. When they got that second one, did that feel like a backbreaker for you guys, or did you guys still feel you were in it? You know, it was trying to trying to make some changes real quickly, but we couldn't get the, we couldn't get our subs on. You know, the ball didn't go out of bounds for a while, and they're an excellent team. They keep the ball, and the minute they went up, I think there was maybe 10 minutes left in the game, uh, you know, they just tried to, to kill the game, and they did a good job of it. Um, you know, we had a, one or two kind of half chances there at the end that, you know, you're just hoping that you can uh, tie it up again and, and push it to overtime. But uh, the, the, the second goal for them was um, disappointing that it was late in the game, and, and it just doesn't give you much time to recover. You look at this entire season, you look at the seniors. Right now they're huddling with everyone right now. Yeah so many seniors on this team but especially for guys like Matthew and Yannick what are your thoughts for them going forward well listen they've set a, a massively high standard for our program and um, that uh, a lot of the younger guys will now have to live up to and hopefully those guys will get appreciated for what they bring to the table and, and hopefully can continue their careers if, if they so choose uh, at the next level you realize when you look back on it how impactful this run was not only for your program but for an entire school when do you think that will finally hit you? And just additionally, when do you start preparing for the 2018 season? Yeah, I think we'll uh, take a couple of days, I think, to settle in. But I think at, at some point we'll be able to look back and, um, you know, that we accomplished a lot this year. But uh, right now it'll just be more about disappointment and knowing that for some of these guys uh, their careers are over. And uh, But pretty quickly we'll give these guys a week off or so and then we'll pull the, the group in that's returning and uh, start talking about what our expectations are for them uh, going forward. Coach, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for an incredible run for these guys, and best of luck going forward. Thanks for coming down. I really appreciate it. So, yeah, there you go. Jackson Heil, really impressive. That kid's only a freshman, guys. He, with the composure behind the microphone like he has, he's a real up-and-coming star. Remember that name, Jackson Heil, and it was we were glad to have him go down to North Carolina and cover that game for us. That's Coach McElderry. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. No, McElderry, McElderry. I don't want to pronounce his name wrong, but that's Fordham's coach after that 2-1 loss to North Carolina. I think he summed it up perfectly. It's disappointment because, yeah, I mean, the season's over. I mean, obviously you're going to have disappointment when the season's over, but that's called, for those seniors, that's called going out on a high. I don't oh, think any 100%. senior could have ever imagined his last game would be in North Carolina in the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament. It's it's one of those those types of journeys where the the seniors essentially helped put this program, program on the map. Yeah. People are going to start looking at Fordham as you know maybe this school can produce a, a soccer team that goes yeah. far into the NCAA tournament every year. This is what their third straight year into the in the NCAA tournament. This is their first time that they won. They made it to the Elite Eight. It's a very it's a very important time for Fordham soccer, and I I think it's great in which they've been able to do 
for the program. A player who is coming back next year, Rashid Nuhu. He is an absolute beast. He's an animal. He is an absolute... An animal is a great way to put it. He's just... He just plays with no fear. He's got ice water in his veins. I hate that cliche, but it's it's it, so true for him because if you saw in the penalty shootout, not only did he take one as one of the main five penalty takers, he blasted it in the top right corner like it was just... Like it was in practice. Like it was like in a preseason I, I, practice I, I, in April. I believe it was the, the bottom left, but... It oh, was, was it really? He... He turned around. He didn't even look at the keeper. He just he was look he was looking at all the all of his teammates lined up at the at the center at the center half. Turned around and just ripped it. Yeah. He didn't even look at the keeper. Didn't even look, barely looked at he the net. He didn't even for care. A and he, I, he it knew, didn't even matter a keeper was there. No keeper was gonna no keeper was gonna save that. It's it, he knew where the ball was going before he even kicked it. Absolutely. And he's just he's he's definitely gonna go to the next level at some point. Fun fact: He went to my rival high school. Believe it wow, or not, would you in look Kent, at that? Kent, Connecticut. That my my roommate actually did go to Kent and really and was and was friends with. Rashid, so there you go, little uh, Founders League shout out there. I went to Loomis Chafee, Kent School, Rashid Nuhu, and whatever whatever your roommate's name is, but he didn't well, get Jack, he, Jack McGuire. Jack McGuire, there you go. Oh, I know Jack McGuire. I know. Jack. Okay, yeah, he went to Kent. He oh, did I, go to Kent. I didn't know you roomed with him. Okay, interesting. All right, J- Jack McGuire didn't think he'd be getting a shout out today, but he does listen to the pod every week, so he's gonna love this. Oh, love I love this it. One. Hey, Jack, thanks for listening in, man. I really appreciate it. Go Loomis, though. Let's move on to professional soccer. And just let's I just want to wrap it up with Fordham soccer. It made us all really, really proud to be Fordham students, made us all proud to be Rams. I mean, such an incredible run. And we were getting a lot of press coverage. I mean, we got we got write ups from the New York Post, New York Times. We got Frank Isola of ESPN Every, watching us. I turned, there was a yeah. new article, a new mention about Fordham soccer Absolutely. and Fordham University. It was, it was great. It, it was, was so great to watch. And they're a great group of guys, and I'm sure it's gonna be I'm very excited to see where this program goes. In the future, MLS Cup time. It's a rematch between Toronto Ooh. and Seattle. It's obviously it's just like last year. I mean, it's going to be in Toronto. It is in Toronto, correct? It is in Toronto. They okay. were the higher seed. Yes. So it's in Toronto. Toronto were the better team on paper, but it's just like last year. I mean, we were saying They're that before met. last year. I don't. We came in here and said this last year. I don't see how the I don't I don't see how the Sounders can keep out Giovinco and Altidore and all those great I'll players. You, I'll tell you, Stephen for, Fry. Well, yes. I mean, he is a great goalkeeper and had some incredible saves throughout this entire playoffs. But it's, do you think Toronto can get their revenge? I'll tell you what I hope they do. Because if they lose two MLS Cup Finals at home, they may, they, they, they may never. Fire sale. Yeah, I, ser- just seriously. Get rid it might of everybody. Be, it, they might have like a Red Bull syndrome in the fact that like they do so well, but once they come into once it really, really comes to crunch time, they just fall apart. Now, uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe the Red Bulls ever event- eventually made it to the MLS Cup final. They, ha- when they were the when- Metro Stars, they made it to to right, some finals. But, but they it, never but won in it. In the in terms of the, the Red, Red Bulls, Bulls syndrome, I don't, I don't think so. It's, it's more so that they were the best team in the league, and they just always collapsed once it came to the playoffs. But Toronto does seem to perform in the playoffs, and this last game against Columbus, I thought was incredible, just because of the fact that the 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 first leg. They go in. They're and out Columbus with... is not. They're the Fordham of the MLS Cup playoffs because they yes. they were playing with house money. I mean, they had nothing to lose. They were playing with heart. That's what they were playing with. They were save the crew, and I'm all for save the crew. But it, it's definitely they were playing with just pure heart and pure just love for the city of Columbus to go out there and play for their team. So I I honestly think Toronto it, they very they very much impressed me with the way they handled the two legs against. Columbus. They, mm-hmm. they they went to Columbus. They were missing Giovinco. They're missing Altador off of a stupid, stupid red card that Altador received. And I mean, for them to go in there, get the draw, and then go back to at home level, it, excellent job to them. No, and, I, I 100% agree with you. It was very impressive 
from both teams to really. I mean, Toronto, it's hard to get to an MLS Cup final once, much less do it twice. They are the best team on paper, and I think a lot of a lot of teams predicted them to get this far, but it's not easy. It's not easy right. making it through an entire playoffs worth of that's four games throughout that that they had to play. And those games right. are those games are not easy. Obviously, they avoided the knockout round as the as the top seed, or I guess like the play-in round because right. it's only one game as the as the top seed in the East. But Toronto, I, I'm going to give them the edge in this game. I think it's just. There's too much to lose for Toronto. And I know last year everybody was saying, how can Toronto lose? This year, Seattle, again, they have nothing to lose in this game. Seattle does. Toronto has everything to lose. And I know you might think, oh, the team with nothing to lose is going to play better. But right now I think it's at home. I think Toronto, they're ready for this. I think this is I, their time, and I think this, this is the time where they get their MLS Cup, a well-deserved MLS Cup. I, I'd have to agree. I mean, Toronto has everything to lose here. And... For for me, the West just doesn't look as powerful as, I the, as the East does. I, I I think if Columbus was actually was in the West, they they could have a very good chance of being in this MLS. I would been, yeah, I would in this MLS Cup. So it was kind of a toss up to see who was really going to pl- be playing against Toronto in the MLS Cup final the other day. So it it's definitely Toronto's cup to lose here. And I I believe Stephen Fry came out and said, I hope I don't have to be the one that gets this MLS Cup MVP because. I hope one of the forwards does it because I don't want to have to do that again. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to move on from that. MLS Cup is going to be this Saturday, I believe. It is, I, it's either this uh, Saturday or Sunday. Sometime this weekend. It's this weekend, yes. And the, the MLS season is just so long. It goes on forever. I mean, it starts up again in, like, late March. So and they barely have any sort of offseason. I mean, considering that it's, it's European of, soccer has no offseason, it makes sense. But it's for, one, it's, for it's an American sport. It's one of the sport. oddest sports, sports cycles in in any of the sports, I mean, European soccer has their stretch in which they go, and I, I think MLS tried to do this whole thing of of not trying to conflict with other sports and and the viewership by playing over the summer. It's a very it's a very odd odd timing, and especially with the World Cup coming up. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it'll be an interesting. The MLS is very interesting. To me. Yes, no, it 100 percent is, and we'll move on from that. I, I'm very curious to see how NYCFC does next year. I think this is their fourth season. They've been the second seed two years in a row. This is their time to really take that next step forward, and we'll see how they go. And it also, there's a vote coming up as to whether they will get the rights to build their stadium near Belmont Park in Elmont, New York. That will give them a a full time soccer stadium. But they're competing with the New York Islanders, who are which, favored to win. Which the bid. Are, yes, I was about to say yes. they are favored to win that bid. Yes, so it, the Islanders should win that bid. But NYCFC, I mean, they're still looking for a full time. They can't be in, at, at Yankee Stadium forever. It is they, it is they, it is good marketing for them to say that they play Yankee Stadium, but you can't play there forever. But eventually, it, it's one of those things where they it was good marketing for them to come in at Yankee Stadium because. They were able to announce, like, oh, look at this. We play with the Yankees. Oh, exactly. they have a, there's a soccer team. And in everybody New York knows now. where that is. Right. So now everyone's like, oh, I'm an NYCFC fan. I'm a soccer fan. Soccer, the soccer culture is growing in the United States. It's time for NYCFC to eventually get their own soccer specific stadium. They can't play at the Yankee Stadium anymore. I agree the with you. The pitch is too narrow. It's not, it's not a soccer field, it's not the same soccer type environment. They need their own field. I 100% agree with you. So we'll move on to Champions League. The round of 16 is complete. Those games have just wrapped up. We're recording this at about 4.50, so the games have wrapped up pretty recently. But here we go. From Group A, it's Man United and Basel. Group B is PSG and Bayern. Group C is Roma first, Chelsea second. I'll tell you why that's not a huge deal in a little bit. Barcelona and Juventus from Group D. Liverpool and Sevilla from Group E. City and Shakhtar from Group F. Besiktas and Porto from Group G. And Tottenham and Real Madrid from Group H. Now, the big standout there, I think the only real, 
I mean, Besiktas, that Group G was just wide open to begin with. Any one of those four teams could have won that group, so I'm not surprised. I love they're how you ca- say Besiktas. Besiktas, by the way. yeah, they're kind of the outsider team in that, but they've been playing so well. I mean, they've they've got Pepe now. They've got some really really good players out there in Turkey, and they've got a great fan base as well. Kind of a scary fan. But honestly, base. the Turkish fan base is incredible. They're I remember s- when Gal- Galatasaray was in. They're scary, dude. They're fun. Yeah, they're they're very fun, but they're just, scary. Just, just don't just don't be on the side rooting against yes, them. Yes, absolutely. I think the only real shock of those is that Roma beating Chelsea to the top spot in that group, and Roma also beating Atletico Madrid to qualify as well because it, yeah. people thought it was going to be between Chelsea and Atletico, but Roma has been fantastic in the Champions League this year. I mean, as exemplified by that three nil thrashing of Chelsea at uh, the Stadio Olimpico, three three draw at Stamford Bridge, and one of the weirdest games I've I've seen in wasn't, my Chelsea wasn't that fan the game career. Where, uh, where was it? Jack Jacko Jacko's on. Jacko had two goals in and that he, and game, he had and Kolarov had, had the, the other bike, one. Right, he had the bike against. I don't think he had a bike in that game. Did he? he? Maybe he did. It wasn't like one of the. Maybe he did have like an overhead I, I, kick, I but it wasn't he, like an incredible. Like oh my god. This is an incredible bicycle it was a nice kick. Goal. It was I remember, a nice goal. I remember yeah. it was a nice goal. Yeah, three, three. Uh, it was three goals scored by three, two former Man City players, which just really frustrated me. And then just an absolute meltdown. It was just more of Chelsea playing poorly than Roma playing well in that game. But hey, Roma completely deserved top spot. And I'll tell you why this isn't a huge deal. There spin are, zone. Spin zone. No, no, no. I mean, it's definitely. I mean, I was very disappointed. Obviously, I mean, it, it is semi embarrassing to be the. Not to be the only English team not to win their group. I mean, all five qualified, and yes, the main thing is to qualify out of the group, but all four other of the English teams qualified first from their group, and Chelsea qualified second, considering they did have a very they, they, they had they a very ha- hard had, group. I believe they had the toughest group out of... Uh, you could say Group H was the toughest with Tottenham, Real Madrid, and and, uh, yes, and, and Dortmund, yeah, but the second hardest group, I would say, in, they, they had, because Atletico Madrid is not easy, regardless of what form they are in. I mean, Diego Simeone is a great manager, and Roma playing the way they are, I mean, they would beaten just about anybody in in the in the exactly. Champions League if they if they played anyone else other than Chelsea. So here are the here well, Chelsea can only face three teams. They can't face any of the English teams. So they've only got three chances, three three choices for the teams in the next round. They've got Besiktas, they've got Barcelona, and guess who else? They've got PSG. They could face them for the fourth straight time in the Champions League and I'm just really really hoping that it's not them. I'd honestly take Barcelona at this point, just from, a, really? just from a viewing just, perspective. I don't want to watch them play PSG again. PSG have had our number as well recently. I mean, we won the first one, but then the other two, we they, they've they've crushed us. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to face Barcelona. I think Barcelona could very well make it to the Champions League final this year. I don't I, think I, they're that good. I, I do think that they're. That I don't. Good. I think they're just. I, I, they're kind of. They're. They're in a good groove in the league right now. That's why they're playing so well. But they haven't really impressed me in the Champions but League. But with City City losing today, I believe Barcelona are the only undefeated team left this year. I don't I don't believe Barcelona has lost a game this year in the league, and they haven't lost in the Champions League yet. Well, it's going to be a very very interesting draw. I, I Liverpool Liverpool could face Liverpool United City and and Tottenham could face Basel, Bayern Munich, Juventus, Sevilla, Shakhtar, Porto, Real Madrid. Real Madrid being in that second in in pot two is very very interesting, it, and it makes things. And Bayern Munich is in there as well, which is why I think that it's not that big of a deal that Chelsea is in the second pot. Just because if they were in the first pot, they could face a team like Bayern Munich and Real Madrid. Honestly, those teams are at the same level as PSG and exactly. Barcelona, so there's not even that big of a deal. I mean, yes, they could get a Shakhtar, they could get a Porto, but if Chelsea want to get to the final four or the final of the Champions League, they've got to beat a team like a PSG or a Barcelona. Might as well beat them right away. Right. I mean, it's, it's, they're going to have to beat them anyway. It's almost essentially the same exact chance of them drawing a, a very difficult team to beat or that's on par on their level versus 
uh, an easier matchup for them. Exactly. And it, I, I, so it is slightly disappointing that Chelsea could only muster. By the way, this is the second time that Chelsea have lost out on this whole head-to-head goal differential, which I, which I hate in the Champions League. That's why they finished behind Roma, because the goal, the the head-to-head goal differential was plus three for Roma, but the overall differential was Chelsea plus seven and Roma plus eight. Plus eight and Roma, what was there? There was plus what? They were Roma. Roma were plus three and Chelsea were plus eight. Exactly. So but, you would think in a normal in a normal circumstance, Chelsea would be top of the group, but it's head to head, which is so stupid in my opinion. I mean, yes, because uh, re- then it reward it doesn't reward teams for beating on the on the smaller teams in the group, which right. I guess makes sense. But that's the second time this has happened because Chelsea missed out on qualifying for the twenty thirteen. Knockout stages because they lost the head-to-head to Shakhtar. That so that, see, I, that I that I don't like. That's the difficult part. If, if we are deciding between the top two teams in a group, I, I I'll pick between the head-to-head matchups. But when it's when it's making the, the round of sixteen, but it's between versus, second and second two and three. That's where it gets a little shaky. But you know what? That that's where you got to draw the line somewhere. I, I, no, that is true. And it, that season ended up very good for Chelsea because they did win the the Europa League. In my opinion, that is the equivalent of making the final four. Of the Champions League, would you agree with that? I mean, I agree. I, you, you put yourself. Back it's a in trophy. The, you, you, it's a trophy. You put yourself back in the Champions League for the next year. I mean, look what Manchester United did last exactly. year. Exactly. The only reason why they're in the Champions League this year is because they won the Europa League I th- last ex- year. I think that's just as impressive as getting to the Champions League semifinals, winning the Europa League. I mean, maybe I, it might not be as hard, but it's a trophy. It's definitely, and it's, it's definitely something, and it's something to to tip your cap to because it, it's it's it is somewhat difficult because it, you, you're managing the same type of games. You're man. It, it's you. You. You're. It's as if you're playing in the Champions League. The competition might not be as difficult, but you're still playing the league, and now you're. You have another trophy. You have to compete. Compete for. What's the matchup you're looking for in this round of sixteen? What do you? What? What is the perfect matchup for you from a viewing perspective? I would love to see PSG play Real Madrid. Interesting. Yeah, that's PSG. They have because, them to worry about because they can't drop Bayern Munich because they were in their group. You, so you have. Mbappe, who was linked to Real Madrid, who snubbed them over the summer, and then you have Neymar going head to head and with with Ronaldo. Plus, Neymar has also been somewhat linked to Real Madrid. Oh, they're, always they're very, it always seems like he they're is. They're very they're very weak links. It's kind of people putting a, a bunch of pieces from here and there together to try and formulate this picture, but it's there, and it, it's a, it'll be very interesting to see Neymar come back and and play, a, a, essentially his rival of the past four yeah. or five years. PSG of Real Madrid will be a really, really fun tie. I'm going Man United Real Madrid just for the whole Matt, Jose Mourinho storyline and Ronaldo. the Ronaldo coming back to play his former team storyline. They did play each other back in 2014 in the in the knockout round in the round of 16, and Real Madrid won that. But I would love to see that again, especially now that Mourinho is the coach of Man United. Man, that would be such a fun. Another one that I don't think is going to get a lot of... A lot of uh, a lot of really looking is City Bayern because Pep Guardiola, formerly of Bayern Munich, and Bayern Munich's a really good team. They are really, really hot right now. Ever since they fired Ancelotti, I do not want to come up. I think if if it if it ends up being Bayern Munich Man City, I'm taking Bayern in that matchup. I don't I, know. I have no shame just, in taking Bayern in that matchup. I'd only I'd I'd have to go with City just because one, the form in which City that are in, but two, Pep Guardiola is a mastermind, and he knows that that Bayern Munich team top to bottom. Uh, you, you can't come from a team that has essentially had the same players. I mean, part of the reason why Bayern are so good this year is because of James Rodriguez. But Pep Guardiola, that's, that's one guy. Pep Guardiola, Guardiola knows that team top to bottom. He knows players' tendencies. So I'm still, I'm still I, taking Bayern. 
I don't trust City in the Champions League. That's I just fine. don't. They don't have that pedigree yet. But I, but I think Pep Guardiola changes that. Pep Guardiola comes with it with a different composure. He's been there before. I've, uh, this is the cliche of he's been there before. All right, Rich. Well, I'm going to text you on Monday if it's Bayern. If it's Bayern City, and I hope it is. I All really right. hope you got some really good matchups here. I, I, and I, I I'm going to text you on Monday. And I'm, I'm telling you, we're going to make some sort of wager on that because City versus Bayern is would be a great. Great matchup, right? We're gonna talk. We were gonna talk about City for a little bit. We are running out of time, so we are gonna skip that. We are gonna move on to a bit of an, a, a different segment here on FUVFC. Last Tuesday, I went to the Frederick Douglass Academy in West Harlem, or excuse me, in Harlem, not West Harlem. And Chelsea FC was there through the Chelsea Foundation. They partnered with FC Harlem, which is an organization that's been in, in uh, existence since 1991. They are a soccer program, obviously based on the FC Harlem, but they they really. They're they're not just a soccer club. They're a way, they're a way to a better life. Basically, is is what FC Harlem does, and it's really really impressive to see what they do. Chelsea and FC Harlem have teamed up to bring a two point five million dollar youth soccer field to West Harlem. It's gonna absolutely run, incredible. It's gonna run right underneath the West West one forty fifth Street Bridge. It's gonna be an all weather surface. It's gonna be covered in the winter, so it can be used all year round. It's gonna be a great facility and that's for those just, guys. And that's just great, especially for the guys and especially the kids that are gonna be in there playing. So it it's it's a wonderful deal deal for Chelsea and and. I th- something I want to point out, which I think is very interesting, is the fact that Chelsea is doing this. Yes. And that the whole city connection to uh, NYCFC, maybe we'll see a little Chelsea connection. Just a, it, it, Exactly. You would think that City, is, Man City would come over because they have the connection with NYCFC because they have the same owner. But, yeah, Chelsea come over, and they're the ones who take care of that. FC Harlem, by the way, the Lions, I don't know if that was directly copied off of Chelsea, but it's definitely not a coincidence that those two, they're nicknamed the Lions, and obviously Chelsea have the line on their badge, so... The the it's not a coincidence that those two teams are interwoven. And my favorite part of going to this was I got to interview Ashley Cole and Michael Essien, two Premier League legends, two Chelsea Ooh. legends. They were both. I don't. Essien was on the bench. Cole was obviously in the starting lineup for that 2012 Champions League final. Would one of the best, one, not, one not of the just, best English left backs in the world. Absolutely. Of At his time. peak, he was the best left back in the world, without a doubt. Barno and Ashley Cole was fantastic. Chelsea legend. Obviously played for Arsenal as well. Michael Essien. I mean, he, some of the long range goals he scored. But at his peak, he was a fantastic center defensive right. mid. He was a he was a real uh, a real destroyer in midfield. And he a, made anyone anyone any everyone would would fear him in the league. And a great option for your uh, fa- uh, your FIFA Ultimate Team. Absolutely, because he's he was fantastic. He was fantastic and a great price back in the be- back in the beginning of Ultimate Team back in like 2011. All right, here's a, here's an interview I had with uh, director Irv Smalls. He is the director of FC Harlem. John Furlong, Irvin Smalls here at the Frederick Douglass School in Harlem. Fre- uh, <laughs> Irvin, I almost called you Frederick. <laughs> Irvin, what made you want to partner FC Harlem with Chelsea? What stuck out about Chelsea as a program and as a charitable in their charitable acts that that kind of stuck out to you? Well, I, I can tell you it was really um, 2012. They they came here and we did a, a great event with them right after they had uh, the Champions League uh, win. But it was really an opportunity once I went over in 2013. Um, went over to London, got to see the club, went to the academy, and once I really saw what they were doing with their players and saw that you know those players really represented uh, the diversity that you see in a community like Harlem, it was something I was very interested in and passionate about in partnering with them. Um, what they do at Chelsea Football Club Foundation and really focusing on leadership and del- development and ultimately just you know kids being really good citizens and something that is very important to us and key to our whole mission. 
Speaking of some of the players, what does it mean for you to have Chelsea legends like Michael Essien and Ashley Cole here? I mean, it's, it's huge, right? I mean, look, when you're right now, we're, we're at an interesting point where there's an opportunity to really kind of grow soccer uh, in the United States. When you're looking at communities like the inner cities, like Harlem, um, it's important that they can also see players that look like them, that they can say, hey, that is something I can aspire to be. So when you have players that are, uh, you know, when you have someone that is obviously from Ghana and you have Ashley who grew up in the inner cities in London, that's something that is just, you know, so a hallmark, not only of Harlem, but is a hallmark of New York City. Can you tell me more about Harlem FC as a whole? Yeah, so FC Harlem, um, our real focus is about leadership development and football development or soccer development. Um, and what we're looking at is we have a whole unique piece where we call ourselves Lions. Lions stands for leaders in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So in addition to the whole football development, we want to make sure that the kids understand the importance of being a leader on or off the field, giving back to their community. So we make it really important that they get involved in community service and that they understand that, you know, as much as you're going to receive, it's important that you give back. Absolutely. And finally, just to, how would you sum up this event to someone who wasn't here? I mean, what's awesome about this is that we have so many youth that are here at Frederick Douglass Academy that are part of FC Harlem, uh, that are part of some of our Lions programs. We work with some of the programs here where the girls travel teams, work with our fields and our coaches have done programming. So doing work in the community is very important. Going into the schools where the kids need it the most is, is vital to the success of what we're doing, but also in keeping your communities really invigorated. Partnership with Chelsea and understanding what our needs are is key. We like the fact that they're coming in, looking at our school partners, and really bringing that added value. So there you go, Irvin Smalls, the director of FC Harlem. We are running out of time, so I'm going to play the Ashley Cole interview, and then, Rich, you can get some final thoughts. John Furlong here with Ashley Cole here at the Frederick Douglass School. Ashley, you retired from Chelsea, or excuse me, you left Chelsea three, four years ago. But what brings you back to what, what keeps you want? What, what makes you want to be involved with the club three or four years after you stop playing? I just think how the how the club is run. You know, uh, if we go back to kind of when I was here, we used to kind of go on pre-season tours in in a lot of countries. Uh, but with Chelsea, they they seem to want to stick around in their countries. They don't just want to come and and, and kind of leave. Uh, they want to like leave an imprint of the club here, and and this is exactly why. I like to come back with Chelsea and, and, and do this kind of stuff. What they're doing is, is a brilliant, brilliant thing. It's, it's giving young kids a chance, uh, trying to keep them off the streets, staying in the community, which I think is, is amazing. Yeah, jumping off of that, what can you tell me about this specific instance of charity work that Chelsea is doing right here in Harlem, in, in the Bronx, or excuse me, in, in Upper Manhattan, in New York City? Yeah, well, like I said, we, we, as players, we kind of get to come here and we don't see the cities we don't actually kind of get to see the country uh, but with what Chelsea do is, is is with the Chelsea program they stay here, they give the chance they put these football pitches out there to kind of give chances to these young kids like I mentioned uh, because it's hard cities to grow up in I grew up in, in, in a kind of hard city uh, as a young kid and it's something to kind of keep them off the street, keep them, keep them going. And who knows, maybe we can hopefully see uh, a professional footballer come out of this as well. What does it mean to you to be able to give back to the game of football, or soccer as we say here, but the game of football to you? What does it mean to be able to give back to a sport that means so much and helped you, helped you so much in your life? Yeah, it means a lot. I think uh, me growing up, I kind of I grew up in, in a kind of tough neighbourhood in London and and I see kind of the things that went on. Uh, I was lucky enough 
football kind of kept me out of that trouble, uh, kept me kind of on the straight and narrow. And hopefully this is what we can do for them because it is tough cities that we're, we're going to. Uh, and hopefully it's, it's not just about keeping them off the streets, it's, it's trying to give them discipline. They, they come, they train, uh, they're a team, they work together. And hopefully putting these pitches here can, can definitely start to do that. And final question, just like a bit of a lighter note, what do you think of New York as a whole? It's nice. It's cold like London. Uh, traffic's like London. Terrible. Uh, but now as a city, the, the people are amazing, uh, friendly, considering how busy it is. And, yeah, we've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed it. There you go. Ashley Cole, probably one of the best left backs in the world. As, as, as a whole, he had a great career. Rich, your thoughts on those, on those pieces? Uh, honestly, they were exactly how I thought that thought that they would go. It, it's they're talking about a great program. They're talking about building up a soccer culture here and and really give back to the community. And like like Ashley Cole said, it, he came from that same type of neighborhood. And something that I thought was very interesting was the what the director said and in, in in that some of these kids will see players that that look like them. And and Essien coming from Ghana and Ashley Cole growing up in the tough inner cities of London, mm-hmm. you know. It, it it's incredible for people. It's when people are inspired and they see that people like them can achieve certain things. You you can do wonders with that, and, and it's very inspiring. Big big thanks to everyone there involved. Everyone at FC Harlem, Ashley Cole, Michael Essien, Irvin Smalls, everybody who I got an interview with, and the full piece is up on WFUVSports.org right now. So go check that out. You can hear all the interviews that I got and a short little write up to accompany it. All right, Rich. Unfortunately, this is your last time for quite a while on the podcast, and this will be our, our last time for a while. We are going to take a bit of a winter break, finals next week, and then Christmas break. We will be back in January. Rich, thanks it's, for being This is probably going to be the last time we're on the podcast wow. together, this, unfortunately. This is sad, but it's been a pleasure. Rich, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure working with you, and we'll talk to you again soon. I'm John Furlong, and we'll see you very, very soon. <laughs>